All righty, everybody. Good evening. This is Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast uh, coming to you uh, with the NFC draft assessments. And uh, Wiz, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still making news. We're not talking about the NFC North here today, but uh, it's still ongoing. All the stuff coming out. I, I, I really do wonder how this is going to play out, uh, but uh, it's, it's fascinating to kind of watch it. And you, you, you wonder... You wonder why things weren't handled earlier in this whole process, but uh, yeah, the Packers continue to be uh, the off-season water cooler chatter. What other podcast could you possibly listen to with so many predicts that the start of the following season, Aaron Rodgers will be quarterbacking the Denver Broncos? So you 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 think that's where we're heading with this? You should have put that uh, on my one of my bold predictions that we did. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I definitely mentioned that uh, several of the when we did, when we definitely went over the Packers. I definitely uh, mentioned that. I thought it would be for for a different reason. But yeah, I mean, look, I think from a standpoint of what makes sense to the Packers, what makes sense to the a team that's going to trade with the Packers, and what makes sense to the to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Denver and Miami make the most sense. It's out of conference. It's the teams that can get back a young quarterback young talent, and draft picks. And that's what it's going to take to get. I mean, um, it's going to take more than like one or two first-round picks to get Aaron Rodgers. It's going to get some good young players that are rookie contracts as well and uh, and certainly a quarterback in the deal and most likely a wide receiver as well. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be expensive, no question. And, uh, you know, I, at this point in time, it does seem unlikely that Aaron Rodgers will still be in Green Bay, but uh, – you know, stranger things have happened, but it, it will. We will continue to to watch and see uh, what happens in Green Bay. Uh, but today we're we're off to the NFC East, um, and you know, look this this division, and I think you've talked about this uh, quite a bit. That that you look at this division and you think there's a lot more solid teams in play here. I know last year we were kind of wondering where where this division was going, and this year I think. Save the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the other three teams in this division look like they're heading in the right direction. So let's start with the Cowboys, and, and we know what they did in the offseason, uh, getting Dak Prescott, uh, you know, that situation finally cleaned up. And, and coming into this draft, there was so much anticipation about that first-round pick. There was some fascination, of course. Jerry Jones always has some kind of fascination. He's always in the news before a draft, talking about Kyle Pitts. We knew he wouldn't be there for the player. But the players that were being talked about were J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan. And unfortunately for the Cowboys, both of those players end up get t- getting taken. The Cowboys are, I mean, you can say they're, they're left with maybe the best defensive player in the draft outside uh, outside the cornerbacks in, in a player like Mika Parsons, who who now becomes a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we know the Cowboys do have some needs on that offensive line. Uh, offensively, at the skill set positions, I think they're quite set. And we do know defensively that this is a team that needed some work. So were the Cowboys able to accomplish, despite the fact that they were disappointed not being able to add you know one of those pedigree names in the secondary, getting a player like Parsons and developing some of those later round picks in, on the defensive side, did the Cowboys, were they able to accomplish what, what they set out for coming into this draft? Yeah, I mean, I, I think an interesting thing happened to the Cowboys. I think, you know, their 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 mind was uh, focused on one of those two cornerbacks. And when Carolina and Denver uh, took um, Horn and uh, Sertan in front of them, that kind of kind of changed things up for them. Uh, but, I, you know, I think a case to be made that 
Mika Parsons is the you know the best defensive player overall in this entire draft. So uh, I don't I don't I don't mind that. And I thought they made some other I thought they made some other good picks uh, along the way as well. So I, you know I think I think overall uh, they did a good job. They had a lot of picks. Um, they had eleven picks I think in this draft. Uh, so. They they did they did a, a pretty good job. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to work out if Kelvin Joseph is uh, can play well. Then I think that early combination of getting Parsons and Joseph may really work out for them. Uh, I don't mind Charleston, uh defensive end as well. Look, they 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 did what they had to do. They took a bunch of defensive players out of their 11 picks. So I, I think they did overall a pretty good job with that. Um, that's what we, we talked about, what they needed to do. It was really the defensive side of the ball and then offensive line. And I think nine or ten of those picks were either done the defensive side of the ball or offensive line. So uh, I think I think they, they kind of did what they had to do. And I think a lot of their draft hinges on Kelvin Joseph. Um, if he could be that guy that could step in, then along with Mika Parsons, I think it's going to end up being a good draft for the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and, and the Cowboys, unfortunately, like I said, they, they definitely, I think it was a little bit surprising at, at, at eight for J.C. Horn to be the, the player to be taken at that spot. Sertan then goes before them. And then, and then obviously Philadelphia traded back into the uh, or moving higher into the, with the Dallas Cowboys and, and they stopped the Giants from getting Devonta Smith. And so on to the Philadelphia Eagles who probably need more than anybody else in this division in terms of both sides of the football. Uh, new head coach, I, I look at this team and, you know, again, there's some question marks around whether, whether Jalen Hurts can, can be that, you know, uh, franchise quarterback, and I think there's a lot of wondering there. Uh, you know that offensive line was a bit chewed up last year. Landon Dickerson, the player that got injured uh, during the season last year for Alabama. Devonta Smith was the player they took with their first pick. Uh, I, I do like I do like what they did, I, and I've mentioned this player a couple of times already, and that's Kenneth Gainwell, the running back from Memphis, did not play in 2020. Uh, and, and we know Miles Sanders did break down a little bit at times last year, and perhaps some of that was due to that weak offensive line. Uh, and, and when you look at the running back position, Boston Scott, when he came into the game for Miles Sanders, you just didn't get the same thing. So Kenneth Gainwell is, is a guy I'm going to pay attention to. Uh, I think he'll be a cheap flyer come draft day. So just something that I'm going to note right here and now. But I think the Eagles are kind of backed into a corner with their roster. Uh, they did try to make some selections on, on both the defensive side of the ball and filling in, like I said, with Dickerson on the offensive line. But, you know, like I said, the Eagles – Trouble all over this roster, and this is a team that's going to struggle in this division. Yeah, this is yeah, this is true. But you know, I'm looking at the Eagles, and they, look, it's not an easy draft when you need basically help at you could say almost every single position. Um, you know, there's talk about would they take a quarterback if somebody was available that they love? Certainly need a wide receiver help. They probably could use an explosive. Uh, receiving back out of the backfield. Uh, uh, and, and on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of help there as well. I thought they hit an absolute home run with Landon Dickerson, who I thought was a first-round, going to be a first-round pick, who was absolutely a first-round talent. I mean, like even top 20 overall talent. And just due to an injury that he suffered during the season, he moved back to 37. So 
I'm not mad at them for, for, you know, trying to burn the Giants and move up to 10 to take Devontae Smith. That's fine. I thought they hit a home run with Landon Dickerson. Uh, I know you like uh, Gainwell from Memphis. Um, those those Memphis running backs every year seem to have an interesting one coming to the NFL. And, and I, I think Zach McPherson as well from Texas Tech could be one of these um, nickel cornerbacks to play that type of position and give them help there. So, overall, I, I think – you know, the Eagles, for a team that needed a lot, they made some very, very good value picks. All right, let's move to my New York football giants. And, uh, you know, I, I will say this. You know, I was definitely of the belief that, uh, you know, I was looking to go offensive line or um, defense at this pick, but it was very clear that the Giants' intentions uh, to me were, were to draft and to you were to draft uh, uh uh, Smith, uh, the, the Heisman winner out of Alabama, and the Eagles jumped ahead of them, and Dave Gettleman, lo and behold, he's never done it before, but not only once, but twice in this draft, he, he traded back to get to, to, to get basically draft capital in, in a draft that the Giants believe will be a lot more uh, thicker with, with talent next year. So the Giants have themselves a hell of a lot of picks next year. Uh, you know, so when I looked at them moving back, you know, they, they clearly had their eyes on an offensive player, and it was Kadarius Toney out, out of Florida at, at the wide receiver position. So they add yet another weapon on offense. And I was certainly disappointed because I was looking for – Karamoa uh, with their second pick, or although Ajulari was the other guy that I would have wanted because I thought the Giants needed to have that kind of athleticism uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and that's what they did do. So at the end of the day, I think the Giants helped themselves quite a bit uh, with with the picks there. They also took uh, a couple of cornerbacks to continue to add some depth to that defensive secondary, but they will have a lot of draft capital next year and hopefully Kadarius Tony does does work out to be well to, to be one of those talented players because I know there are a lot of question marks around Sterling Shepard. He's continued to battle injuries over the course of his career. And I don't think there's a lot of belief in the Giants organization that he's a long-term answer at the wide receiver position. Obviously, they did add Galladay to this to, to this uh, offense. Darius Slayton is there. But, you know, Kadarius Tony is a player that the Giants leaned on uh, in this particular draft. So, there's some good and bad with what the Giants did. You know, let's start with the good. The good is that they made a they made a clever trade. I mean, I think they probably were a little flustered after the Eagles moved up to take the player that they obviously wanted because <clears throat> it's obvious they had wide receiver on, the, on their mind because even when they moved back to 20, they took a receiver. So the trade was good. Now I'm going to talk about what, I, what wasn't good. They had six picks, not many picks. How did they not take one guy in this draft to protect Daniel Jones? Um, a guy who has issues with ball security and feeling the pocket um, and feeling pressure in the pocket. I just think one of those picks had to be somebody help Daniel Jones on the offensive line. That's one. Two is, I, I you know, I don't mind the trade where, you know, they're they're accumulating future picks. But, man, I just think if I, when I look at those two picks at the start of it, they could have just stayed with their pick, taken Parsons, who's a game wrecker. And they're not going to get Tony, but they're going to get a player in that second round that's a good receiver that's certainly comparable to Tony. So it's, it's, I like the combination of, let's say, um, a Terrace Marshall and Mika Parsons better than the combination of Kadarius Tony and Aziz Ojulari. 
you know, but in that equation, you also have to remember that the Giants are getting picks. So that one is close. I don't mind them for the trade overall, and I thought the two players they took were fine picks, but I just don't understand how they went in this draft and didn't get any offensive lineman to help Daniel Jones. Yeah, and, and I was definitely, you know, that was, uh, you know, I wanted to lean offensive line or, or best offensive lineman or best defensive player at that point in time. I, and again, this is a team that has drafted three offensive linemen in the last couple of years. Uh, all of them are that are potentially going to start here. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's questionable. I don't love what they did, um, but nonetheless, this is what Gettleman decided to do, and uh, you know we're going to live with it. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, and yes, he does get the draft capital for next year, but uh, there will be a lot of scrutiny on this offensive line coming into this season and Nate Solder he opted out last year uh, looks like he's going to be back but he's long in the tooth so I'm not I'm not really high on on, on that situation and and the young offensive linemen that they've drafted the last couple of years really need to play better and as you mentioned Daniel Jones with with definitive issues in terms of ball security um, so let's move to the Washington football team I personally think this is the best team in the division just based on what they did in, in free agency. I actually love what they did in the draft. Uh, they continue to add players where they need where they needed help, and we talked about this on the on the defensive side of the ball. Jameen Davis from Kentucky was the player that they added at the linebacker position. Uh, they, they continue to add depth in that offensive line. Samuel Cosme from Texas. Uh, they, they made a bunch of picks in the secondary. And Diami Brown, who's an interesting player who some people actually had moving close to the second or even late first round. And they pick him up from North Carolina, another weapon in this offense. Uh, I'm very excited from what I see with the Washington football team, Wiz. And uh, I, I'm guessing that you feel the same way and that Washington did accomplish a lot in this particular draft. Yeah, the Washington football team had a lot of picks. With their first pick, I was completely confident that they were going to take an athletic linebacker. Uh, that was the weak spot, certainly, of their defense. That defensive line usually keeps the offensive line clear of the linebacker, and they needed an athletic one, and they hit a home run with Jameen Davis. I mean, I think he immediately could be impact uh, and in the running for defensive player of the year. Uh, Samuel Cosme from Texas, I had as a first-round pick. I thought that was tremendous value uh, getting getting an offensive tackle like that. Uh, some good, look, good picks along the way. Diami Brown, he's got some Will Fuller in him. He's a different kind of receiver than McLaurin and uh, Curtis Hanuel. So I think that gives like a, a, a much more speed to that offense and a different kind of weapon. And uh, if you remember his days with the Eagles, um, it's, I mean, the Eagles Tampa, uh, Fitzpatrick had some magic with a player like Deshaun Jackson at times and uh, we may see some of that uh, so I like that pick there and uh, John Bates is an interesting tight end uh, from Boise I think he was in that range from two to eight at tight end this year and uh, he did some working out with with uh, Zach Ertz in the offseason and uh, I think that could be an interesting interesting pick as well so I thought I think the Washington football team had a terrific draft a lot of picks a lot of value and most importantly they hit on all the spots that they really needed. Some uh, athletic linebacker and uh, maybe even explosive receiver and, uh, and, and a second tight end as well. So I kind of like what Washington did in this draft. Yeah, and, and we knew that also that there was some chatter about them potentially taking a quarterback somewhere in this draft. So I think it says a couple of things here too. I mean, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starter. We know what 
with Tyler Henneke uh, did uh, in the playoffs, almost beating Tom Brady. Kyle Allen is still on this roster. So, again, Washington felt that they had enough uh, depth at the position that they could definitely make it work this year. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown he can really bring a team you know, to life in offense. He was, he was, he's done that on a number of different teams. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Like I said, I was excited before the draft what Washington had done. And after the draft, I think this team – I personally think this team – is the favorite to win in this division. That's that's my personal belief. Yeah, I think all four of the teams in the East had solid drafts. I, I wouldn't put any of them uh, in in the group of the top five that we've talked about. Some of those teams in the AFC, like uh, Miami and Cleveland and the Jets um, and the Chargers. But I think all four teams um, had a lot of draft equity. At least Washington did. The Eagles did. Uh, a lot of picks. They took some good value picks. And, uh, yeah, I thought I would have to say is, uh, you know, looking at, at them as a, as a fourth, I thought um, the NFC had a solid draft uh, for all the teams. All right, fantastic. So that's Guru and Wiz uh, Fantasy Football Podcast update on the NFC East draft assessment. Uh, we are on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're continuing to listen to this as we uh, continue to roll through the NFC. And we will be back with the NFC Northwiz. Thank you very much for your in-depth analysis. You got it.